Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we're here to talk about, as I've said before, just about anything, as long as it deals with the problems that we're facing uh, in schools, in the community, in our society, uh, that deal with sexual harassment, abuse, domestic abuse, bullying, Uh, and a host of other things that are going wrong right now that need to be discussed and need to be brought to the table. Because I think people have a tendency to begin to accept things as the new normal. And we're trying to create awareness about some of the difficulty that's going on in our schools right now and in our communities, maybe even in the country. Uh, just based upon, you know, some of the the, uh, the the articles that are in the news, uh, what you see on some of the cable outlets, which is slanted one way or the other. You know how I feel about that. But we're here to discuss just about anything. And I have um, a topic that I'm going to touch on today, and I'm going to share it with you in a minute. But first... I wanted to share a couple of things. Number one, next week on Tuesday, I don't know how many months ago it was. It was before Christmas, I believe. Uh, I interviewed a gal named Jen Dalton, who was terrific. And uh, she has a lot of insight in the area of bullying, harassment, relationships, um, dealing with self-confidence and so on, and uh, self-esteem. And her and I are going to be doing a podcast on Tuesday. So I would encourage you guys to to listen in. It's going to be, we're going to do it on Tuesday. I'm probably going to get it posted somewhere around late Tuesday or Wednesday. But we're going to be doing this. So I, I encourage you to keep an eye out for that. Number two, I had the... Uh, one of the nicest experiences I've had in a while. I got interviewed on It's a Rap with Rap. Uh, it was Ron Rappaport. And I'm going to leave a link to his podcast in this episode description. Uh, and I encourage you to go there and listen to his listen to his podcast. He, he interviewed me 
uh, in terms of dealing with um, bullying, cyberbullying, and so on. A few, a few, um, I don't know, probably a month ago, and he, I became one of his one of his sponsors. And he has a, a Facebook page uh, that's uh, Ron Rappaport, uh, and it's a rap with rap. Uh, you can go there. I'll have that link as well in this episode description. But I encourage you to listen to him because I think he the interviews are great. They're all about people who've overcome either weight loss or uh, injury or trauma or whatever the case might be. And it's a great listen, and I would encourage you, and go to his Facebook page. He interviewed me for what he calls his sponsor spotlight, which I thought was super, and I really appreciate it. I really did, uh, and I, I um, and he, he shared my new book, and the new book is The Power of Consistency. Uh, you're going to find two links. Uh, in this episode description, one's going to be for the power of consistency, both and both of them you can go to Amazon, and the other one is the Teacher Survival Guide, and that's a pretty unique book uh, when you uh, take a look at it uh, because it deals with uh, it, it almost deals with who we are as teachers, some of the things that we do, some of the things that we can do, uh, and some of it is based on just sheer advice that I gave to teachers and other administrators and students many years ago. So that's a great read. It's almost in a workbook format, so I think you'll enjoy it if you happen to pick one up. I'm going to have both links there, The Power of Consistency and The Teacher Survival Guide. Both of them are available on Amazon. If you would like to, I'll put this up there as well, you can go to my website, you can get the same books um, for a, a lower price because they're in PDF format. So head on over there if you want. Just give throw the support right into the Bullyproof Classroom. That's why I don't have to wait for Amazon to give me my monthly check. And you can support the Bullyproof Classroom in that regard by purchasing the books there. And I'll have those links as well up on um, in the episode description. Now, what I wanted to talk about today was maturity. And there are, I, there's a, several articles that I've written. One of them was entitled, Society Has Lost Its Wisdom. And within that article, I talked about principles that we have just have gone by the wayside. And I don't know if anyone can really understand what maturity is and what, it, what maturity actually is. Maturity, number one, is the ability to cooperate even though you disagree. And number two... It's the ability, when you leave home, to leave home physically and emotionally. You don't have a bunch of what I'll call dangling participles 
with your parents that were unresolved conflict and everything else. And you can go off into the world with what I'll call a clear conscience and you can live your life in peace. That's maturity. The other piece of maturity is, and I can come up with several, doing what you're told when you're told to do it with a good attitude. The, the other one is uh, having the ability to subordinate impulses to values. And with that, you have to understand that if you're going to do that, you have to have a value system in place. If you're going to subordinate impulses to values, the impulse is to do what? Buy. The value was what? Save. Do I have enough to buy and to save, or am I just going to spend all my money on whatever I want? That's basically financial maturity. There's many forms of it. There's many, we can be very mature in one area, and we can be very mature in other areas. And I've always looked at life, and this has been going on for almost 30 years, since I've read Stephen Covey's material, in terms of dimensions. You have physical, mental, social and emotional, and you have spiritual dimensions. And when you really get down to it, there's not a whole lot left uh, after that. Now, today we're going to talk a little bit about emotional maturity. And I'm not sure how far I'm going to get in this. Uh, I'd like to keep these to about 30 minutes because, uh, truthfully, I think uh, everyone's attention span is, you know, not much more than that. You read a book, you put it down, you rub your eyes, you get up, you get a glass of water. I mean, that's one of the things that I've often said. We expect kids to stay in their seat for multiple hours during the school day when we could sit down and start writing an article or reading a book and we'd last 20 minutes. So think about that for a minute. But emotional maturity is something that I'm going to talk with you about today and give you just a few of the characteristics. And if I appear to be reading at some point, I am. I'm reading some of this content. Now, many years ago, I had a friend and we were going to uh, take him to school, take him up to school for his freshman year at college. And it was a quite a car ride. And he kept insisting that he wanted us to leave after we dropped him off. And we told him we were definitely staying over for at least one night. And after we moved him in, we took him to dinner and walked around the campus with him. And I watched this kid's body language. And I realized that even though he protested in the car for five hours, he was glad that we stayed. Now, most parents, most parents have a really tough time when their kids leave home, and it really is because deep down they haven't done enough to prepare their kids for independence. Their kids are not given enough basic responsibilities, and they're not prepared for being responsible for all that lies ahead when they get older. Now, I have made, and I, I, I'm going to share this with you in, in all honesty, I have made multiple mistakes by doing too much for my kids. And as they have grown older, what I've discovered is they 
lack in certain areas because they didn't have to do certain things because I did it all for them. And then they get ready to leave, you know, to go off to college, and, I, and I'm in my head, I'm saying, they're not ready. Now, that's behind me now. But I can tell you that kids often, they don't learn enough about survival in this dog-eat-dog world. They're emotionally immature. And emotional, emotionally mature people have certain characteristics. And oftentimes they're easy to recognize. But I'm going to go over a few of them with you in this podcast. And I may go back to it again uh, in future podcasts. Because there's, if you're interested... This is all found in the book, The Lost Principles. And I'll link this as well. I'll link The Lost Principles as well. And I think you'll, you'll find that to be rather interesting. But here's some of the characteristics of an emotionally, emotionally mature person. They're respectful. They're just respectful. And they don't have this attitude, you know, that I'll I'll give respect when I get respect. They're they're respectful regardless of how they're treated. Now respect is having a high regard for the rights and privileges of another person. And they can accept differences of opinions gracefully. Their values are built in. And that won't allow them to be disrespectful. When you have a value system and it's built into you and it's carved out in your heart and your mind and your soul, being disrespectful doesn't even cross your mind. They enjoy other people's successes. They offer praise. And they can respond to authority correctly. They can respond to authority correctly. I had this difficulty in terms of the response to authority. Because when I was a teacher, I wanted to be an administrator, and I was having a difficult time with my class, with my classroom. I, was, I worked with kids who had emotional and social problems. And I basically had all manner of difficulty. I got evaluated one day, and the the the, um, the, um, the vice principal of the school gave me a horrible evaluation. I would fight tooth and nail with supervisors, principals, other admin. I would just give them such a hard time, and it was unfair. And I gave this one guy a hard time who really was not... You know, that he was a good administrator, but when it came down to like the, you know, he had a little oomph to him where he could do battle with me. He couldn't do it. And I kind of scared him. And, and you know, I t- almost took pride in the fact that I scared the guy, which was disgraceful, but I did. And so what happens is I give him a hard time. But finally through several different epiphanies, 
that I went through because I was struggling at the time. I finally discovered that, you know what, if I'm going to be held, if I'm going to uh, get responsibility in any large area, that would be like running a building or a school or whatever, I'd have to be responsible in some small areas and respectful. So, long story short, I turned the corner, I helped this guy out. Several months later, I, ap I applied for an administrative position, and it's this guy that gives me the positive recommendation that got me the job. And if that isn't enough for someone to say, wait a minute, you know what? Be respectful. Because, and the other thing is, when you're disrespectful, you're burning bridges, and you don't even know it. You're burning bridges. And sometimes those bridges that you burn lead to people that you're going to need in the future, and you have to be careful. And I've spoken to a lot of people about this. You know, I, I really have. I mean, you never want to have poor relationship with family members, your brothers, your sisters. You don't want to have poor relationships with those who you work with or work for because you never know when you're going to need them at some point. Now, disrespect today is rampant. It's just, you know, kids used to be either disrespectful in the home or in school. Now they're disrespectful across the board. They don't care who they're talking to. Doesn't have to be a teacher, doesn't have to be their parent, could be anybody. They'll be disrespectful if they want to be. And, and this is something that has to change in this country and in our school systems. Respect has, has to be one of the biggest things that we work on with our children. Because respect deals with people. Responsibility is the next one. That deals with things or a task. Now, let me just go over one other thing here with you. I have to just get a note out. Uh, let's see. Here we are. I'm going to I'm going to jump around with this a little bit and I'm going to cover um responsibility next. So emotionally, and, and I may only get two of these done today, and there's several more, and I, I'm going to leave the link to the book in the podcast. Emotionally mature people are responsible, and they accept responsibility for their actions. If you've listened to my podcasts, you know that I have five areas of responsibility. Thoughts, words, actions, attitudes, and motives. Those are the five that we are responsible for, and every one of them points back to us. You know, and people who are responsible don't look for excuses. See, it, that's the point. There may be reasons or circumstances, but there are no excuses. And emotionally mature people don't feel victimized by circumstance or other people, even when circumstances or events are difficult, they deal with them without resorting to blaming others. Blaming people will make you feel miserable. And if you get around someone who is constantly blaming people, 
you will fall into the trap of blaming people as well because let's just say you're commuting back and forth with somebody and, and this person is always playing the blame game with you. Blaming somebody else, blaming their boss. If this happened, that wouldn't happen. We need to do this, blah, blah. On, You'll get right in there with them. And you'll start blaming people as well. It becomes almost like an epidemic. It becomes like a disease that you have where you blame others or blame circumstance or blame events or blame bad luck or blame the environment or blame the government. You know, and you there is no, and you have to ask yourself, what can I do with the things that I'm blaming? If I can change something, I will, but I can't change a lot of stuff. So what am I blaming people for? I need to figure out what my responsibility is in certain situations. Now, there's no question that somebody can be dealt a bad hand, and they may have inherited a family disease, their parents may have been poor, there may have been alcoholism. I mean, this list could go on and on in terms of that bad hand that we have, you know, in the one we're supposed to be living with. And, you know, this life that we have, we have to survive with that bad hand. It's up to the person to overcome difficult situations. Typically, emotionally irresponsible people spend their entire lives blaming others for their problems. And when they do this, they remain irresponsible and don't believe they need to attempt to help themselves and have learned how to become helpless. The person who is irresponsible can play the blame game so long that they can just dig this giant hole and it can get deeper and deeper. And we have to be careful. Emotionally mature people always know what they have to do. They don't focus on the problem, they focus on the solution. They understand their responsibility and... They do what they have to do. They don't look for ways out. They look for solutions. See? Now I'm going to do one more because I think I have the time and I'm not going to exhaust the listeners. And that one is emotionally mature people are honest. They're honest. They're not afraid of the reaction. Now, I used to say to folks that if you want to to create a child who is an exquisite liar, all you have to do is react to everything he does or she does, and they'll lie because they don't want to have to deal with your reaction. And they will poke around in the dark to figure out what you want to hear. That's how liars are developed. This happens over and over again. If it happens enough, you'll never get the truth. And there are people that will lie when it's just as easy to tell the truth. Now, I don't know how many of you remember a guy named John Bradshaw. He was the guru in the area of adult children of alcoholics. 
and he made a statement one time in one of his books, and it said, telling the truth prevents future pain. Telling the truth prevents future pain. They've often said, if you are going to be a liar, you have to have a good memory. Well, when you tell the truth, it prevents you from having to struggle to remember things, and ultimately you're going to get caught, and when you do get caught, that's when the pain starts. So why doesn't everybody just tell the truth? The answer is simple. It, it takes a tremendous amount of emotional maturity to speak the truth. Because the truth at times can lead to confrontations. And that's another thing that someone who is emotionally mature can't deal with. Now, I have a, had another friend whose name was Larry, who, you know, he's since passed away. And he said, he was watching me with my kids one day, and, and any time that my daughter said something or did something that was wrong, I would have a huge reaction. And this is where I learned this one skill. And he, started, he said to me, Jim, by reacting the way that you do, all you're doing is grooming your daughter to be a good liar. And you'll get it. See, you'll get that. You'll understand it when you discover that your kids are bending the truth a little bit. We're so accustomed to dishonesty. You know, one of our most popular presidents years ago, I don't know if those of you who are old enough to remember, was emotionally immature. And that was President Clinton. And in 98, we, we watched, I mean, I watched, as Clinton constantly denied relationships with Monica Lewinsky because of the fear that he had of the reaction of an entire country. And of course, his, you know, he was worried about his reaction to Hillary. And when he continued to deny the affair, most definitely because of the fear of negative reactions, things only got worse. And before you know it, tons of women came flying out of the closet. And they've often, they've often, you know, kidded around. They said Clinton was an expert in finding out what people wanted to hear, and then he would tell them. They joked that he always agreed with the last person that he spoke with. So, in recap, for this part anyway, emotionally mature people are respectful, responsible, and they're honest. And we're going to go over a bunch more. That'll be in another podcast. Now, as I said, on Tuesday of next week, we're going to have Jen Dalton. We're going to be doing a podcast together. Then um, I would encourage you to go to It's a Rap by uh, Ron Rappaport. It's a Rap with Rap. Listen to his podcast. They're really good, and I will include that link in my podcast, and also um, check out these two books, and if you're interested in a Kindle version or a hardcover, go over to Amazon, but if you, don't, you just want to read them, and you don't care what, uh, you know, what um, platform you have, go to the website, my website, and get the PDF version, that's it, and you'll discover you know that uh, there's a lot there's a lot there in terms of being consistent and this survival guide i think is just absolutely a very unique piece and i think you'll all really enjoy it 
So check all that stuff out. I'm going to have all this in the episode description. I'll have everything there for you. And um, wherever you are, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all feel well. No one's come down with anything. I hope the schools are going to stay open. I hope things are going to go well there. We've had our battles, you know, in terms of the COVID situation and so on. But that's hopefully that we're moving through that. Hope everyone is employed. I hope their family is well. I hope that you're you're all doing, you know, just as well as you can physically, socially and emotionally, mentally, and of course, spiritually. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I thank you for your time, and I will see you in the next podcast. Have a great day, everybody.